Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coats present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with songs by Martha Tilton and the King's Men, and music by Billy Mills. The show opens with Sing a Song of Spring. will be here in just a moment. One of the most interesting things to me in all of business is the way chemists and engineers are constantly improving old products and bringing out new ones. The last time I went through the Johnson's Wax Laboratories, for example, I got a big kick out of all the things they've been doing with wax. Now, you know the regular Johnson products we talk about on this program. Genuine Johnson's Wax for floors, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat for linoleum, Johnson's car new auto polish, and the new cream wax for furniture. But that's not the half of it. The makers of Johnson's Wax have created a great many other wax polishes for special uses. And now they've made a new kind of paint that's got wax in it. They call it Johnson's Wax Enamel. And I can tell you it gives the most beautiful enamel finish I've ever seen. And it's longer wearing and easier to clean, too, because of the wax in it. Dealers are now offering Johnson's Wax Enamel in 19 stunning colors. Why not ask your dealer if he carries it? Saddest phrase to man or mouse is, come on, sweetheart, let's clean the house. And here at number 79, where life till now is smooth and fine, comes labor, tough and acrobatic, like hauling junk down from the attic. Wives wallow in it, men think it folly. Like these two, Fibber McGee and Molly. Let's sit down a while and rest, Molly. Are you sweating as much as I am? McGee. Huh? Horses sweat. Men perspire and ladies glow. Okay, so I'm a horse. I'm a pack horse. I'm an overworked, sway-backed, mistreated beast of burden. Will you please leave me out to the kitchen and fill my trough full of root beer? <laughs> you can have a root beer later. I want to get all this stuff sorted and thrown away. Now, for instance... Look at those books in the shelf there. Yeah? We've got to weed those out, too. Which one shall we toss out? Well, uh, let's throw away the two on the ends and keep the one in the middle. What is the one in the middle? Franklin's autobiography. Oh, I want to read that. That Franklin was a great auto. (laughs) Come in. Hello there, kids. What you doing? Why, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. We're doing a bit of house cleaning. You want to help? For how much? (laughs) Two bits an hour and feed your own Charlie horses. (laughs) That's pretty good, Johnny. But that ain't the way I heard it. The way I heard it, one feller 
fellow. <laughs> Who's this fellow feudal that's been working with Fibber and Molly? Search me, says Tuller Feller. Heard you hear about him. And this radio column says the first feller. See here? It says feudal attempts to be funny on Johnson's wax show. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal, kid. You know how I feel about you. So if you know how I really feel about you, you'll have to take leave more personal than ever. <laughs> no, never once went, ooh, hey. Now what? Got a telegram for you. Oh. Here, Johnny, sign here. Oh, thanks, old timer. Now, how much of a tip do you usually get? How much do you usually give? Oh, nothing. McGee says when you accept a tip, it undermines your character. <laughs> okay. Give me a quarter and let her topple. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. <laughs> I'll see. Hey, it's from my brother, Alexander. Van? Yeah. Why, you haven't heard from him in a long time. No. What's he say? Says, arrived okay in San Francisco. Tough trip, tired but happy. What's he mean, tough trip? Oh, he, he lost an election bet and had to push a peanut with his nose from New York to San Francisco. <laughs> Heavenly days. Well, he still made pretty good time, didn't he? Oh, I don't know. He bet against McKinley. <laughs> Well, let's get busy, McGee. The sooner we get to work, the sooner we'll get through. Yes, and the sooner we didn't start this in the first place, the quicker I'd be much happier right now. <laughs> if I'd ever realized what... What you got there? Never you mind. Well, what you blushing about? What you reading? Well, if you must know, it's some old love letters. Ah. Uh, you mean you've been keeping them things? Sure. You can't get me for a breach of promise now. <laughs> Here. Smell them, McGee. What do you mean, smell them? Did I write that bad? Now, don't be silly. I, I, I've I, been keeping them in sachet. Well, you can sachet right back up to the attic with them. I don't want them things laying around. Well, I promise you, dearie, as soon as I read them through once more, they'll be burnt up. And so will I. Ah, oh, this is a beautiful one. It says... No, please, Molly. Now, not out loud. Somebody might be listening. Well, if they aren't, we'll hear from Racine. But listen, this says, My Precious Blue-Eyed Butterfly. Oh, sure. My Precious Blue-Eyed Butterfly, spread your lovely golden wings and fly away with me tonight to a movie. I sure took that flight of fancy into a tailspin, didn't I? You certainly did. Well, maybe my letters weren't so hot, but I had to do something to beat that other guy's time. You mean Otis Cadwallader? <laughs> yeah, Otis X Cadwallader. What do you mean, X Cadwallader? You know what I mean. He knew you were crazy about Francis X. Bushman, so he put an X in his name, too. Well, I think it was pretty devoted of him to change his name for me. I done better than that. I changed your name for me. <laughs> well, anyway... Oh, McGee. Listen to this. I won't listen. All right. <laughs> Heavenly days. This is sweet. <laughs> What's it say? <laughs> I guess I kind of got a morbid curiosity about them. When a guy realizes what a drip he's been, it's too late to fix the faucet. <laughs> That's an old saying I just made up. Ah, oh, this is beautiful. It says, I'll never forget the time I first touched your little hand. It was inside a bag of popcorn at the ballroom. <laughs> That's disgusting. 
<laughs> Mooning over touching the gal's greasy little mitt and the big bag of salty popcorn. <laughs> Wait till you hear some of the others. I don't want to hear any more. Are we going to get this house cleaned out or aren't we? Oh, there's no hurry, dearie. I'm having fun. Oh, I'm not. And if you persist in reading that tripe, I'm going to... I'm going to... You're going to what? I'm going to lock myself away somewhere so I won't hear you. Well, go ahead. Well, I will. Where? Right in here. While I'm in here, I'll straighten out this clock. <laughs> the King's Men sing Little Brown Jug. My wife and I live all alone in a little hut we call our own. We're so happy, warm and snug, as long as we have our little brown jug. Ha, 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 you and me. Little brown jug, don't I love thee? Ha, 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 you and me. Little brown duck, don't I love thee? When I'm working on my farm, carry little brown duck under my arm. I sit me down in the shade of a tree and I say, Joe, why don't bother me? Ha, 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 you and me. Little brown duck, don't I love thee? Ha, ha, you and me. Little brown duck, don't I love thee? Little brown duck goes to my head and makes my nose a rosy red. In the dark, it shines so bright and never gets lost on the blackest night. Ha, 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 you and me. I've been busting my biceps following this junk around, and you've been sitting there reading my silly old love letters. Well, they're not silly. Ah. They're beautiful. Listen. Darling, when I hold you in my arms, even the nightingale hushes his song to listen to the music in my heart. The moon... Hello, folks. How's everything? Why, hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Harlow. Well, what are you looking so grumpy about, pal? Well, he's annoyed with me, Mr. Wilcox. Just because I found some of my old love letters in the attic and I've been reading them. Well, Dad Rattan, ain't that enough to be annoyed about? Stuff a guy writes in his flaming youth makes him sound like a clinker at my age. <laughs> Let me read him one, dearie. Mr. Wilcox will judge for himself. No, 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 no. Don't be a pest with my past. <laughs> Don't listen, Wilcox. Oh, I want to hear this, Fibber. I was young once myself, you know. Oh, yeah. You can't kid me. 
You were born in Racine, Wisconsin at the age of 25. <laughs> with a derby hat, and your nurse used three-cornered order blanks for dyeing. Hey, <laughs> okay, they got it anyway. That's enough of that now. Okay, go ahead, Molly. Read my love letters to Wilcox. Break his heart. What matters if I, <laughs> poor fool, little knew that my innermost thoughts, my most sacred feelings would be torn asunder for the laughter of the mob. What if I... Oh, pipe down, Pagliacci. <laughs> Your makeup is running. <laughs> Go ahead, Molly. Let me hear one of the great lovers' little outbursts of passion. Well, here, I'll pick one out of random, Mr. Wilcox. The ink's a little faded, but I think I can make it out. Yeah, when I write a letter, I make sure the ink stays. When you do anything, it ain't... McGee. <laughs> Go ahead. Quote the stupid to me, Cupid. <laughs> well, this one says, Dear Moonbeam. Moonbeam? Yes. Dear Moonbeam, I could not sleep last night for thinking of your sweet face. I didn't like that stuff. I got out of bed and dressed and walked over to your house and stood under your window thinking of you lying there asleep with your lovely hair forming a Niagara of gold on your silken pillow. Suddenly I burst into song like a troubadour of old, serenading his loved ones. Then your window opened softly, and I got a pitcher of water on my head. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me you had changed rooms with your old man, sweetheart? That rabbit mine. If you haven't got any more regard for my feelings... Oh, be quiet, Pepper. What are you crabbing about? That stuff about the Niagara of gold was pretty snappy. Yeah. Oh, I don't care if it was. Huh? You think it was, huh? Certainly. Oh. Certainly it was. And, baby, I know love letters when I hear them, too. Really? Why, sure. I get love letters all the time. <laughs> Subtle, ain't he, folks? <laughs> the Army deferred him when they heard the flat-footed way he gets into these things. <laughs> Well, listen to this. It's from a lady in St. Louis. Dear Mr. Wilcox, you've brought joy and happiness into the lives of us housewives. Learning about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat has given us time for movies and beauty parlors and bridge parties. We love you for showing us how to protect our linoleum against wear and tear with none of the old-fashioned scrubbing and rubbing and buffing. Oh. The work that used to take us hours, we can now do in 20 minutes or less. So with love to you and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, I am sending you a little token of affection. Wear it always next to your heart. Devotedly yours, Mrs. Well, never mind her name. Now that's a love letter that is a love letter. Oh, what did she send you, Mr. Wilcox? A lock of her hair? No, this. A tiny little corner of her linoleum. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Oh, stop kissing it, you big ninny. <laughs> well, when you use glow coat, you can afford to wear your heart on your sleeve, pal. It makes work so easy you don't have to roll them up. So long now. <laughs> Mr. Wilcox never loses his enthusiasm, does he? The only way Wilcox could lose his enthusiasm is for somebody to lose Wilcox. <laughs> if anybody'd make me a decent... Oh, McGee, now we got to get busy. Did you get all that junk carried out? Yes, I did. While you were daydreaming over them slushy little missiles of mine. 
No, you don't mean missile. You mean missing. Do not. Missive means big, oversized. No. That's massive. I thought a massive was a guy that gave you a massage. <laughs> nah, that's a masseur. Masseur is mister in France. That's Monsoor. Well, then what's a missile? A missile is something you throw. That's what I say. Throw them letters out. <laughs> I ain't going to stand around here and have everybody snickering at me. I'm just... McGee, huh? time yourself and call the junk man to haul away that rubbish. Okay, give me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the whistle. This is junkyard at 14th and... Oh, is that too much? <laughs> every year, the same thing. How's <laughs> every little thing, Mert? Is they? What's they, Mert? Your little brother. Say what? Cut off his feet. Oh, McGee, how awful. Oh, it was nothing. Her kid brother wanted to build a fire without matches at the Boy Scout show. It was quite a feat, but they didn't have time for it. <laughs> What's they, Mert? Oh, I'll call him later. Yeah, so long. Huh? What's they, Mert? Your little sister. She what? McGee, please, not another. Oh. Okay. Tell me next week, Mert. Oh. <laughs> Can't get the junk man on the phone, Molly. Why not? The junk man cut the wire down. What for? Junk. <laughs> hey, quit reading them letters, Molly. You promised me. Who's that? Let me see. Oh, it's Mrs. Uppington. Surely you don't mean Mrs. Abigail Uppington, the prominent, in certain places, society leader. <laughs> in the place. In the well-massaged, expensively corseted, slightly flab, flabby flesh. <laughs> Come in, Mrs. Flesh. <laughs> or Mrs. Uppington. <laughs> How do you do, Mrs. Uppington? Why, this is so Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? And Mr. McGee. Cosmic upheaval has lured you out of your perfume balance. Oh, oh it's Pete. Pete is lost. Oh, heavenly days, your Pekingese. Yes, my darling little Pete. My baby. Oh, oh I'm so upset, Mary. Oh, well, calm yourself, oh. Uppy. Where was the little perp twerp seen last? Then how was she dressed, Abby? Uh, she was last seen down in the middle of the block. And she had on a this ransom collar, a sex Fifth Avenue sweater, and her little eye miller booties. <laughs> Don't that make you sick, Molly? I mean to think of Fifi being lost. Yes, and better dressed than I am, too. <laughs> now, please, my dear, no levity. I am horribly perturbed. Why don't you advertise for her, Uppy? Oh, it wouldn't do the slightest good, Mr. McGee. Petey can't read. <laughs> Have you searched the neighborhood, Abigail? Oh, yes. My butler, Witherspoon, spent the entire afternoon searching for her, going round and round the block calling Petey, Petey, Petey. With what result? With a result that he was soundly trounced by a brutal truck driver at whom he happened to be looking when he last called Petey. <laughs> Well, don't worry about her, Abigail. She probably eloped with some traveling air day. <laughs> don't be ridiculous, Mr. McGee. Petey would have nothing to do with other dogs. Why, why she was almost as human as I. Well, now that that golden opportunity has slipped fast, uh, let's try <laughs>
let's discuss something more amusing. Now, look at these old love letters of mine, Abigail. I found them in the attic. Shall I read you a couple of them? Oh, my dear, please do anything to get my mind off poor little Peepy. Oh, I don't know why you're worrying about that mud, Uppy. Oh. Personally, I've always considered Peepy the kind of a dog that shouldn't happen to anybody. <laughs> oh. Yes, forget your grief for a minute, Abigail. I want to read you one of these letters. No, Molly, please. Them letters are sacred between me and you. Oh, don't be so fussy, dearie. Oh. Listen to this one, Mrs. Uppington. Oh, darling Molly Cuddy, when you refused to kiss me after the basketball game tonight... You broke my heart into tiny fragments. And, sweetheart, there aren't many cures for a broken heart. Oh, good heavens. Many cures. Uh, what's the matter, Uppy? <gasps> many cures. Oh, I just remembered. Huh? I forgot to let Phoebe at the beauty parlor getting a martel and a manicure. Oh, oh, the dear little thing. Why, the little precious must be almost suffocated under that horrible dryer. Oh, oh. my, do excuse me. Ah, oh, mother's coming, Phoebe. Oh. Mother's coming. <laughs> Father Tilton sings Bayou, Bayou. Bayou, Bayou, the Louisiana lullaby. It's sweet and low. You sing it as you rock a bye. Bayou, Bayou, the Louisiana lullaby. It's blue, I know. It makes the weeping willow cry. Each night by the light of the movie, I can hear it calling softly. It seems to whisper, come back with your June dreams. Southland's waiting. Dixie wants me. Bye, bye. I wish I hadn't said goodbye. I love it so. The Louisiana lullaby. Each night by the light of the movie, I can hear it calling softly. Yelling so loud, my thorax will be sore for seven days. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I was so interested in these letters, I didn't hear you. You know, Molly, I got thinking. Maybe, maybe I was wrong about those letters. They're not so bad. They're 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 kind of poetic. Oh, they're pretty drippy, McGee. <laughs> you were absolutely right about destroying them. No, now wait a minute, Molly. After thinking it over, after all, you can. Hey, what you going to do? I'm going to throw them out the window onto the trash pile. No. There. Gee, Molly, I don't think you should have done that. 
Well, you were the one that wanted me to throw them out. Yeah, but after thinking it over and hearing you read them, I know it. Come in. Oh, hello there, folks. I do hope I'm not intruding. Hi, Wimple, old man. Of course you're not intruding, Mr. Wimple. We were just cleaning out some old rubbish, old love letters and things. Oh, I could imagine a man writing a love letter to you, Mrs. McGee. But my wife, oh, she'd never stand for such nonsense. Ah, <laughs> oh, come, come, Mr. Wimple. Every woman has a streak of sentiment down in her heart someplace. Not if she hasn't got a heart down in her someplace. <laughs> Your bitter half sounds like a pretty chilly character, Wimple. Oh, she's really a wonderful woman, Mr. McGee. And she's a great help to me when I'm writing verses for greeting cards. She is, really. Yes, indeedy. Lots of times when I'm sitting there beating my brains out for a rhyme, she comes in and helps me. I think I've met your wife someplace, Wimple. Could it have been on Halloween, riding a broom? Don't you ever uh, lose your temper with her, Mr. Wimple? Oh, I've learned to control myself, Mrs. McGee. Yoga, you know. Yoga? How does it work, Wimple? Oh, just sitting still and concentrating. Preferably in solitude, Mr. McGee. Oh. I just sit for hours and hours imagining that my soul is free. Sometimes I sit cross-legged all day long, locked in a little room under ice one day. <laughs> Well, uh, what's the result? The result is that eventually my wife unlocks the door and I apologize and then she lets me out. <laughs> well, goodbye now. Don't come over to our house sometime. You just hate it. <laughs> You know, he's a little martyr, isn't he? Yeah, but he wouldn't be a little martyr if he was a little smarter. <laughs> hey, Molly, can I have some root beer now? Oh, wait a few minutes, dearie. Let's finish our work first. Now, let's see. If you'll take the rugs out and beat them. Oh, dear. Come in. How do you do? Is Moonbeam here? <laughs> Who, but? Moonbeam. Otherwise known as Gorgeous Girl, My Peoria Prairie Flower, Sugar Bun, and Gypsy Sweetheart. What on earth is this man... Oh, those letters. You mean even he knows about them letters of mine? Ah, you must be the captain of the dreamboat. Oh, <laughs> Alias Tootsie. Alias a million kisses from you know and desperate. Allow me, Tootsie, to return your letters. And where did you get these letters, sir? Madam, I assure you that I have committed no offense against the postal regulations. I am not a mailbox marauder by nature. I was examining the house next door with a view towards renting it. And passing by your window, I was suddenly struck on the fedora by an avalanche of Billy Doo. And if Billy should do it again, I should be tempted to cram them down his sentimental gullet. Here, dreamboat. Good day, Moonbeam. <laughs> He read them. All right, dearie. Let me take them. Here. Hey, hey, what you going to do with them? I'm going to burn them. Give me a minute. Oh, now, wait a minute, Molly. Let's not be hasty. What do you mean? Well, in spite of my embarrassment, everybody that's heard that read any of those letters, they thought they were pretty good. So I've been thinking maybe I could sell them to a magazine or some book publisher. Maybe they wouldn't be worth much, but it'd be something. You'll never publish my love letters, McGee. No, sir. I promised I'd burn them up, and I'm going to. Oh, Molly, please. 
Don't do that. You, you haven't got any right to. Oh, yes, I have, dearie. They were mine. Well, I wrote them, didn't I? No. What? These letters were for Motors Cadwallader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, Moonbeam. Yes, uh, Dreamboat. Can I have some root beer now? <laughs> Say, have you seen the new autographed picture of Fibber and Molly that dealers are now offering free? It's really great. An entirely new photograph of Fibber and Molly, and it contains pictures of the cast, too. How can you get one of these pictures for yourself? Listen. All you have to do is buy Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Glow Coat, or any Johnson's Wax polish in pint or pound size or larger. Your dealer will give you the autographed picture free. But I must warn you that his supply is strictly limited. When they're gone, there won't be any more. So see your dealer right away. Buy Johnson's Wax, Johnson's Glow Coat, or any Johnson's Wax polish in pint or pound size or larger. And while they last, you'll receive this handsome autograph picture free. I'm sure glad you threw them letters out, Molly. <laughs> you don't feel any bad effects from them, do you? You mean, do I feel like crying? No, no, I mean, did you catch cold, you know, wading through all that slush? <laughs> now, McGee, you're just jealous of Otis Cadwallader. You know, he was a very nice boy and a wonderful dancer. Oh, sure, he was a wonderful dancer. He had to learn to dance. Why did he? The fellows down at the pool room gave him the hot foot so often. McGee. He... <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night, and reminding you that America's first line of defense is you and your support. So invest to the best of your ability in defense saving bonds. Good night. Yes, it certainly pays to keep that car of yours looking its best. It's good business, especially now, and you really get more pleasure out of a car that's wax polished. That's why car owners have welcomed Johnson's Car New, the easy-to-use auto polish that both cleans and wax polishes in one application. Two jobs at the same time. Give your car a Car New beauty treatment. The cost is low, the result's amazing. Ask for Johnson's Car New, spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company. This is Chicago WMAQ. 